0: jump into another episode of Marketing Management and Money with your hosts, Ryan Murray and Ryan Owens. We hope you guys have been enjoying the new format that we've been throwing down as of late. And
1: we are going to be looking at the topic of identifying a market demand. Ooh, fancy. I've been I've, I've been practicing how to say that. That was good. It I came off clean. Yeah, I was waiting for the handoff <laughs> on that. So
0: th- I love this topic because... It really starts to get into the nuts and bolts of some of the fundamental marketing pieces that are involved in entrepreneurship and and small business. Right?
1: It forces you, the entrepreneur, me, the entrepreneur. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. We, the entrepreneur. It forces us to get out of our own heads and start. Start realizing what other people want, and and I'm gonna just. I know this isn't this isn't business here for a second, okay. But all's fair in love, war, and business. And then so I'm gonna talk about the love side of things. With my wife, oh geez, love her to death. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been married for over 18 years, and uh, like happily married. Like I really do love this girl to death. She's wonderful. But I notice how much... Obligatory obligatory disclaimer. No. I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. And I've noticed how much she'll say something and I'll interpret it one way. And she meant it a totally different way. And like 90% of the times when we argue, (laughs) it's funny that when we finally get down to the root of the problem, we like start arguing over agreeing. And, you know, just, yeah, just I because, love that. Like,
0: <laughs> that is, the, that's <laughs> like one of the funniest things about marriage for me is like, yeah, I know. Why are we mad? I don't know. Okay, then stop. Fine. <laughs> I love it. And, and,
1: and, and that's really, you know, when we talk about this identifying a market demand, is, are we willing to go outside of ourselves? And and give the customer what the customer is asking for, or do we have to do what we want to do? Are we so, so stuck on ourselves? <laughs> I, you just answered my question. I was going to ask. So as
0: dudes, are so as guys, are we doomed? And then so we're stu- so stuck on ourselves.
1: Yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> but but it really is. I mean, I've seen some 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 really. Bad ideas. That when you start talking to someone, you're like, "Well, who would buy this? I would buy this." Okay, who else would buy this? Right. Well, (laughs) and that that brings up. I hear that argument
0: all the time. Like, well, if man, I hear this, and and I hate it. I hear it on. I've heard it on other podcasts. I've I've read it in articles. I've seen it all over the web and social media, and and just in conversations with talking with small businesses and other people and such. But just because you would buy it and there's, quote, unquote, well, there's at least a market of one, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's bullshit. <laughs> that doesn't count. Like, my uncle <laughs> thought it was a great idea to loan me money. Well, he was wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> was just kidding. But seriously, if, just because you think it's a good idea or just because an entrepreneur or small business owner thinks that this is a good idea doesn't make it so Period. End of story. Go out and validate it. Once you validate it, then by all means, come back and tell me how great your idea is. And I will pat you on the back, give
1: you a big old high five. And and y- yeah. and and yeah, that right there is going to be what we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about, is how to correctly validate- The next 74 minutes. Seriously, straight. we could go off that long. I, I could spend oh, the next this is a huge three days topic. straight-
0: Yeah. Okay. So three days straight. Oh, geez. (laughs) I won't let him do that. (laughs) I will not let him do that to you guys. Just all our listeners out there, just feel safe. But (laughs) you're okay. I'll take care of you.
1: All right. I'm going to take my, and we won't even go 74 minutes. I'm going to take my next 15 minutes and I'm going to live it up. Let's talk about validation. What does it mean to actually validate? Now, a lot of times people think of this as a startup, oh yeah that's this the other is thing not a startup right. discussion right this right. is an ongoing if you are not continually validating whether or not people like what you're putting out there and guess what they won't like everything right i don't care who and you it, are and it doesn't even apply
0: to it doesn't even solely apply to uh startups or new products or services this applies to products or services that you've had in the market for years, decades, even there's a reason why it's called keeping up or or keeping your finger on the pulse of the market, right? right? Because it's like it keeps going and it, and it changes and there are things that affect it. And you may not know from one week to the next, whether or not your product is a viable option for your customers. I mean, depending on, all sorts of factors but there's a reason why you have to keep tabs on that
1: yeah so step number one talk to your customers right just like just having a conversation and i feel like an idiot putting that out there and there i'm sure there are people that there's like okay uh i'm bouncing from this episode because it's so basic (laughs) but But if it weren't for the fact that the majority of businesses I work with don't actually talk to their customer, who do they talk to? They talk to their spouse. They talk to their friend. They, you know, post on Facebook. Hey, guys, what do you think? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, they're they're on Reddit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Yeah,
0: it really is that common. I have found the exact same thing in in the vast majority of the businesses that I've worked with. They either straight up just don't know and they admit it or they're like, yeah, I know who my customer is. And then they describe somebody that totally is not their customer. Even if they are like, yeah, this is my customer. They're super confident in it. When we dive into the research side of things, we quickly find out that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It's very rare That I find someone who actually knows who their customer is. Yeah. So
1: step number one is talk to your customer. Right. Step number two, talk to another customer. (laughs) I, 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 uh, we, 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 that's kind of low. We were, uh, it's true. It is true. It is. I'll give you that. I worked with entrepreneurs that they went and they talked to someone and that person had great ideas and great feedback. And then they made significant business decisions off of one person's feedback. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Don't do it. Validate. Right? Validate. Well, okay. So let's, let's come back to
0: some fun. Er, all right. I'll stop some, being so <laughs> sorry It's, all right. it's fine. So If you are an established business or uh, an entrepreneur, you already have sales, right? This is really easy. We've talked about this before on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Go and talk to your top customers, Mm -hmm. right? And even if this isn't exactly your target market or your love group, Mm -hmm. your ideal target market that that you found, at least you have some sales, at least somebody's buying from you and they're giving you their money, right? Right. They're saying, yay, I believe in you. Here, take my money. Mm -hmm. And so you can, there are some identifiable, identifiable traits or characteristics that you can extrapolate from this customer sure. to say, okay, I need to look for more people similar to this. And then by further testing and tweaking, you can improve um, your data set regarding who that ideal customer is, or you can disprove other things that say, hey, we should stay away from this mm-hmm. type of person, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have... Uh, Current sales, right? Like if you've never made a sale before, it's just as easy to go out and find somebody who you think might buy your product and try to sell it to them. Mm-hmm. What resonates with them? What doesn't? If they're like, wait, you do this? Oh man, how, how much is it? Like if they're asking you the price after you've gone through your spiel of, it's got these features and benefits and this is the differentiator and, you know, it's this is the price and it'll last you this long and they're like, wait, wait, wait. So, you do this, and wait, how much is it? If they're asking you how much it is, that's a good indicator that they're like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, if you can find that type of reaction out of a person, you can also find other people that are like that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, it, it is just as simple as getting out there and talking to your
1: customer. So, I, um, and I re- then validating it. <laughs> yes, validation. <laughs> I recently uh, sat in on a uh, marketing training because I try and stay relevant with, you know, I, I, even though, you know, I teach marketing and train businesses on marketing, there's a lot that I don't know. And so I'm constantly looking for quality trainings where I can sharpen my skill set. And so I was sitting in on this training and it was talking about, um, For those people who are wanting to create any of a, you know, like online curriculum and which is relevant with what we do, you know, because we create a lot of online curriculum. And, uh, And and I understood this concept, but I loved the way that the instructor put it into a very clear, concise format. And they talked about the content pyramid. And what was so nice about it is the visualization of a content pyramid was to say at the base level, you need to have the the free stuff, the easy stuff. You know, people can just listen to your content. They can watch your content. They can engage with your content. It's, it's in bite-sized pieces, short, free, easy, and there's plenty of it. Yeah. And then as you move up the pyramid, then you get into, you know, maybe uh low cost uh you know maybe it's a little bit more of a time commitment but not significant type trainings and then you get up to this mid level where you you know it's it's more of a uh, of a time commitment and more of a cost and then finally at the top you have your select premium uh offerings and and i looked at that and i thought to myself i'm like okay when you're trying to figure out a marketing demand you know we're talking about go and talk to your customer but what if you're introducing something new and you're you're trying to figure it out well what can you do to soft step it in what can you do to build that content pyramid that says okay do i have something to offer my customer to kind of test the waters a little bit and see do they get excited about you know like the free sample that you get when you know you're 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 walking around uh, Costco. I don't think they do this anymore. Uh, now that the everything's I don't. But 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 you remember that they they used to. I mean, man, people, I don't know. People like feed their kids lunch <laughs> off of the free <laughs> samples that Costco put out. Yeah, there.
0: I'm sure there's been more than one person get kicked out of Costco or some bulk food think. warehouse place because
1: they're just circling eating. I, I don't think that they would do that honestly. Never seen it happen, but but so the whole idea was that they were offering these free samples because they were trying to test the market. They were trying to see what type of market demand was out there. Right. And and yes, by the time you've got a product in Costco, it's already gone through some rigorous testing. I yeah. get that. <laughs> My gosh, yeah, it has. But I'm just trying to use an example of something that a lot of people can relate to. But you can do the same thing in your business. You can offer some teasers, some free samples. You can offer... You know, little things that let your customers provide some, some feedback because a lot of times just talking to your customer is difficult to get their honest opinion, but actually giving them a chance to, you know, give them a choice between A and B and say, okay, hey, here's A, here's B, which one do you like better? Don't ask, do you like A? Yeah. Here,
0: hey, I've got, I've got two free, I've got a free sample for you. You can either have A or B. And if by the end of the day you are 100% completely out of your A options and you've still got 70% of your B option left, ding, ding, ding,
1: right? Yeah. And and so that's another variation of validation is to use testing, sampling, use, you know, figure out how to small scale it before you go big. You know, before you build the restaurant – <laughs> like yeah. just invite some friends over for dinner yeah right and you know go to a craft fair and serve some food y- yeah volunteer at uh, uh, you know for a local charity and say i'll cook lunch yeah. for your event take take your local firefighters some some lunch they would love that and again you've got a and b See which one they want to grab. Yeah, exactly. And like there, there are ways to validate. There are ways to test. So I want to talk about this one. What about it? the amount of time that it takes. A lot of a lot of businesses are like, "Oh, I don't have time to do all that." I mean, that's a good idea, but like I, I don't have time or the money. I mean, that's too expensive to. Yeah. You know, like I just I just do it quick. I rapid fire. We got we got to be first to market on this. Yeah.
0: So we did we did an episode recently on this where we talked about that exact thing, right? Do you just jump in and go straight to market or do you risk getting tied up in analysis paralysis, Mm -hmm. and that absolutely is a risk. But there absolutely also is a distinct benefit in slowing down and doing it right the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, If you spend more time on the front end planning and preparing and executing properly, even though it it will take longer and it will seem like you're – you're behind where you would have been had you simply launched right in the aggregate you'll be f- much farther ahead because you'll you'll come in you'll get your results and you'll have far fewer mistakes or corrections or what have you and then you'll be done whereas if you just launch you do a little bit of planning and then you just launch and then you have this extended period where you are course correcting or fixing mistakes or trying different variables or, you know, all of these things that could have easily been avoided on the front end with some planning are now taking exponentially longer on the back end. And ultimately, again, in the aggregate, you're taking much longer than you would have had you simply taken some time to plan. Now, again, that being said, if you spend way too much time on the front end planning and never executing, and you know. Th- again, this is like I said in the other episode. This is my tendency to kind of be in this space of wait, wait, wait. Well, we haven't answered this question yet. Wait, right, wait, wait. Right. How long are their shoelaces? <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. We're selling toothbrushes. We don't care about the shoelaces. Right. Well, but wait, 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 wait. What about all? What about all of their eye colors? We don't care. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, I have a hard time with that sometimes. But, if, but again, I mean, that's it's funny. But case in point, if you are diving way too far into it, then you're wasting time. And all of a sudden, you're eating up more time than it would have been to just launch and then fix the mistakes on mm-hmm. the back
1: end. There absolutely is that risk as well. So there's definitely a balance there, right? And, and I think it's important to understand the, uh, the investment that's going into this. Yeah. I, if you're getting ready to do a quarter million dollar investment, take yeah. the time. Right. Like you can invest $20,000 up front and you can walk away from the project after putting $20,000 into it and say, "Who, good thing we didn't lose quarter million dollars." Right. But right. if you're a kid
0: launching a lemonade stand, just do it. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Which corner? <laughs> That's a good question to ask. Don't do it in your backyard. You know what I mean? Right. There's some basic questions like that, but who cares if if the pitcher that you're using to pour the lemonade out of is
1: translucent or if it's blue? you know what right. I mean? And, and and so I think it's very important to understand, you know, when you're talking about market demand, like how big are we going? Are we just talking about a small thing or are we talking about a big thing? Yeah. And and you know, you wanna make sure that that you're understanding the, the relationship there, you know, if it, there yeah. should be a percentage of, you know, what you expect to spend that should be done in testing, both, both in time and money, you know, there should be yeah. a percentage that you're going to dedicate to the, the side of testing and not all testing is equal. Some is going to require more testing. You know, if you're really wanting to be on, you know, the cutting edge of, of just technology and innovation and re, right. re- reinventing the wheel. Well, you better find out if people like a square wheel, uh, you might right. think it's super cool and trendy, but uh, yeah. You well, know.
0: And that kind of work requires an insane amount of experience and time in the industry. And then, and then it's extremely rapid fire after that. And so you really have to be on your game with that kind of a thing. And, it, and like you're saying, it, it requires an insane amount of expense.
1: Yeah. So so what happens when you feel like, oh, I should test my market, and you just keep drawing blanks? You're like, well, I mean, everyone that I talk to, they like the idea, but no one's putting money down on it. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at building an amusement park, and everyone says, oh, we'd love an amusement park in our town. Yeah. But... Until I invest $5 million, mm. I don't know if they'll actually come to my amusement park
0: or right. not. And you can't exactly go down to your local uh, 4th of July parade <laughs> and, or your, your whatever parade and have a, I don't know, <clears throat> set up some miniature roller coaster. Super
1: interesting that, that you would give that example. I had this business that I was working with they did all the inflatable bounce houses and, uh, you know, those types of toys Okay, and they were super successful. Like they knew their business. And one of the things that they did that was kind of their competitive advantage was their toys were always super clean. Like they took the time to clean all, you know, they, they they're like, at the end of uh, you know a Fourth of July you know celebration, when three thousand snotty Jeez. kids have <sighs> you know gone down and there's like band aids and Gross, dude. Know, who well. knows what and, and so at, at least the
0: local swimming pool has like the filters <laughs> under the side of the
1: cement or whatever so you don't see all the dirty band aids. But I mean that was the <laughs> thing like people they they would go and they would go somewhere else and you know and they got they got undercut all the time oh i'm sure but then the second that there was a complaint of like uh yeah we got on this ride and there was a band-aid stuck to it you know, Hmm. um, then they would go back to the other person because the complaints were too expensive. You know, the the complaints were more expensive than the premium that this company was charging for having very clean, very well-maintained, you know, um, attractions, I guess is what you would call them. But so... (coughs) they decided that they wanted to make a a jump and they wanted to, uh, you know, create a, instead of just traveling everywhere and setting up, they're like, well, we should have a a fun center. And so they launched this fun center and found that it was a very, very different business. And so even though they had market demand for the original business model, the market demand for the new business model uh was not the same and and it was difficult you know it was it was very difficult and and so a lot of times people think that there's this natural progression up you know like everything always moves up and i'm like "Ah, not always not always you know there are a lot of times that it's a different target market you know i'll see parents that when they take their kids to a carnival will drop 200 bucks and not think anything of it But if there's a fun center and they're like, "You want to charge twelve dollars a kid to go to this and spend the entire day playing?" That's way too expensive. Mm, Yeah, you know, it's an emotional decision, and so it's not the same target market. It's not the same environment. It's not the same market demand. So let's go back to that question of, "What if you really can't test the market demand? Like, like what do you do? What do you do as a business when you feel like?" All avenues, all reasonable avenues are exhausted, and you still don't have a good pulse on the market
0: yeah well and and i'm I'm really glad that you're pulling it back to that that state because there's there's also the question that ties into this of well, what if I'm asked what if I've asked everybody I can think of or asked in all the ways I can think of? and everybody's just saying yes. But nobody's actually put dollars down on this, right? Yeah, because that's a very different scenario. So, very different. Yeah. What do you do? How do you get it to that point of? Yeah, I really think people are going to vote for their or vote with, vote for this with their dollars, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and and I again like we've said this in previous episodes, and we are huge fans of the soft launch. And like you've kind of alluded to a little bit, is start small if if you can't or haven't found a good way to, to test a market and you need to actually go to market to start to test that. And I, I'm drawing a blank on like coming up with an example of what this would be. But you know, if you, if you, uh, if you're kind of in that scenario, start small. Like you said, like maybe don't go with your full blown widget. Mm-hmm. Start with a, a miniature version. I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I'm drawing a blank. But well, you start. You start really small, and and if that works, okay, then then you have some sales to kind of reference off of, and start to make some more connections off of. Right. Mm-hmm. So find a place where you can get some footing. I yeah. guess is really what I'm getting at.
1: Well, and I, I I get that you're drawing some blanks on the tangibles, but the uh, you know the advice that you're giving is solid. And so let me me give kind of a tangible example that helps me understand an option for start small. That would be great. I would love that. (laughs) I see a lot of people that they will use special events because special events have a finite lifespan and they expect people to only be there for three or four days you know whether that be an expo whether that be a conference whether that be uh, you know uh, a celebration or something like that right and and you can be a lot more temporary in what you're you know in what you're setting up yeah. now if it's a service that you're offering it's it's kind of easy to start small because you can give away you know free services left and right like you, you know right. if, you, if, if you're a you know a massage therapist rather than opening up a spa, you could buy yourself one of those you know office massage chairs and then just find an office building that is willing to let you come in and do fifteen minute you know chair massages yeah to start to build up a little bit of a clientele. Yeah. You know, and once you have twenty people that are like, okay, I'm ready to book with you then you you can yeah. you know you can look at that and say okay maybe it makes sense to uh, you know expand a little bit more into into what I'm doing so services tend to make uh, an, an easier transition of that start small but if you're yeah. if you're trying to sell a product then you know finding that special event but the the biggest mistake I see here is not going to the right target market event just okay. because there's twenty thousand people that are going to be at this event. Doesn't mean that they're interested in what you are selling. So you know you've got to go to the right events, and that might mean traveling a little bit. That might mean, you know, doing your homework on what those events are. But I, I think that uh, I think that there are ways that you can that you can get creative. You know, test the water, soft yeah. launch it.
0: I was gonna say, if you develop some sort of new gun, new pistol or something, you wouldn't want to take that to a wedding expo. <laughs> But maybe that's exactly the place you want to take (laughs) it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Speaking of being married for how many years have you been married? 18 plus. 18 18 plus. plus. (laughs) Anyway, but no, I, I, that's perfect. I really appreciate that because, um, now that you mentioned that I, uh, I participated in a training where it was brand new. The, the person providing the training was beta testing it and rather than charging full price, I was able to access this content for a fraction of the price. Right. Mm -hmm. I I think the training normally was like 300 bucks and I was able to get into it for like 30 or 40 bucks. And so, but they told you up front, it was a beta. Yeah. 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 Now. And and so that's, you know, and I, I have purchased other things like I am that individual's target market sort of a deal. But the one last thing I I know we're getting ready to wrap up. One last thing I want to mention before we wrap up is that if you do, go down this rabbit hole of starting small and you do find success there. You also need to keep in mind that there are variables that exist in starting small that won't exist in your your broader mm. target, your full market, right? right? And some of those things might be critical to that transition. And so you need to be aware of if if I'm only charging $40 for a beta version of this training, that person that paid that might not be the ideal target market for the for what I need to be able to charge the three hundred dollars
1: out of the full established training. So, so you're telling me that sparring with my friend is not the same yes. as having a killer Thank you. who wants to attack me in the ring. Yes. There you go. <laughs> this is for the championship belt. Yeah. Is <laughs> not the same
0: as basement boxing.
1: But we are advocates of sparring at least a couple times before you go against the heavyweight champion and get knocked out, go get a bloody nose, (laughs) go get knocked out, go take some pain and punishment for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) So anyway, here's to sparring in your business. Make it happen and uh, test that market. Uh, Find the market demand. Remember, it's not about you. It's about your customer. We hope that you enjoyed a couple things that you picked up here with the episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us, Ryan, at marketingmanagementmoney.com. You can also find a series of our trainings on tabletwise.com. So check us out. Uh, We are marketing, management, and money anywhere that you go. Thanks. Take care.